Hey. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing really great. I'm super excited. So, I mean, I guess I'll just kind of start out with like, and kind of introduce yourself and like where you're from. Um, I guess get get us up to about high school. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So go you're going up we're already we're oh. already going yeah no this is like totally like we're having a conversation okay. the whole time super free flow yeah <laughs> okay well i am from yorkville um which is a super obviously a super small town in literally the middle of nowhere in wisconsin and i just grew up in that community um i went to yorkville elementary school and it was a very small community so it was kind of hard um but it definitely shaped who i was and so being from such a small place, like we just have like that one main high school of Union Grove. So when I went to high school, I pretty much knew everybody that I was already going to high school with, except like a few people like you and like some other random people that I had met through theater. And so that was really hard too, um, just because like my growing up, I like was involved in things that kind of the people in I guess my school like didn't really understand. I was really the only one in the school doing the pageant system thing. And I had had, there's, a, there's been what one other girl that's done it. And she's actually been really successful too. Yeah. So, like just the yeah. two of them, and that's it. Yeah. It was really like, even up until high school, there was maybe like four of us Yeah, and we all knew each other. So if anything ever happened in the pageant world, it like, we would just find each other because we were like the only ones who knew what we were talking about. And, um, so I like went through all the bullying and stuff like that in elementary school and into high school. Um, and although that was like really hard for me to get through, it was really liberating. It kind of like made me into the human I am. It gave me a lot of outlets to, well, it like led me to a lot of outlets to kind of express myself. And so that's kind of what I focused on when I got to high school. I, obviously was huge in theater and choir. And that was really where I like found my safe space and my people. And those are the high school people I still talk to. I don't really talk to anybody else. And like, I, exactly. You're, you're yeah. looking at it. I mean, yeah, like <laughs> that's pretty much it. And I would like do anything for those people, but that's, that's pretty much um, what I got out of high school were that little group of friends. And so when I was there, I was just like still trying to get over like the constant like nagging and bullying and like rumor making about me all the time. I always say that when I graduated, like our entire class knew me, but I maybe knew like 10% yeah. of them. So like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, my life was very big to the people in high school. Just like it's, it's probably because they didn't understand it. I mean, yeah, like they, they understood what Union Grove, what that life yeah. was, especially like and for context too, Union Grove is a union school. So there's like what five different elementary schools that are feeders into it. Yeah, I think it's um Raymond, Yorkville, yeah. Union Grove Middle School, Kansasville. Union Grove. So it's four. Yep. There are four feeder schools. But our school was really made up even of um people who came in from like Racine. The Man. amount of people who yeah, the amount of people who like came from those feeder schools were pretty small. Um and so I think like that was a thing too. Like when people came into Uni Grove, they just met the people who had known me. And then like it still was like they didn't understand. Yeah. So you're like guilty really, by association automatically. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. 
but it's okay. Like it, it really just pushed me further into theater, which is again, what I got out of high school. Yeah. So yeah, but that's pretty much what I did. <laughs> yeah. Also for a little bit more context, we were in theater in high school together. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> our really different paths leading up to the same point, but yeah, yeah. we met up at the same point at, at eventually. Yeah. Um, somehow ended up in the same place our senior year of high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, all right. We're at high school. Um, so before we get too far into that, when did you start doing pageants? Oh my gosh. I was a baby. I was six years old and I, it's kind of weird how it actually started. I really loved watching pageants on TV. So like the Miss America pageant, I loved watching it, but I was a very shy child because I had a horrible lisp, horrible. And so, yeah, it was so bad. And so when I got into um, kindergarten, like first grade, we ended up actually getting mail from the Miss American Co-Ed pageants. Well, actually at the time they were just, um, they went by American Co-Ed pageants. Okay. Um, and now it's Miss American Co-Ed. It like switches. I always change it. But what was funny is we realized that the director of like the state pageant for the Miss Wisconsin system actually was a mom of one of the girls that my little brother was going to preschool with. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we already knew her. And so I obviously had had those challenges with already being shy and stuff like that. And so my mom just kind of contacted her. Her name is Jennifer Rybar. Um, just kind of contacted her and was like, you know, what is this all about? Like, um, should I sign Bailey up for this? Like, and like told her about my list and everything. Um, and we kind of just ended up going for it. We had no idea what we were doing. We had never known anybody who went through the system at all. It's how you should do it, right? Exactly. If you want the best experience, you do it for yourself. Exactly. And we did. We had the best time. We really just went into it. No, no expectations. My mom had no idea what was going to happen. She didn't even know if I'd get up on the stage, all this kind of stuff. Um, so we sign up and we go to the Wisconsin pageant and it used to be held in the Chula Vista in the Dells. Oh yes. Like the mm-hmm. fourth best water park in the Dells for those. Yeah. That been there. I spent a lot of summers at the Chula Vista. I mean, most have been there. So yeah. I feel like more yeah. people have been there than like Disney world, even like outside of Wisconsin. Yeah. Because of like yeah. the price. Yeah. It's, it's even better water. now. I mean, when I started oh, this, yeah. it was just small Chula Vista and like the inside water park was in the basement and that was like it. But, um, <laughs> So we ended up going there and I had like a great time, but whenever we talk about that, we talk about the time that my older brother Austin had, because that's really why we came back. We think he flourished as a pageant brother, just the best pageant brother ever. It was so funny. He was my escort for um, evening gown and he won a ham for being best escort. That that's, that's so odd. Yes. And so so It was so weird. And like my mom, Austin was always very outgoing, but my mom just like had never seen that kind of side what, of him. A ham? Is that like uh, a oh, yeah. gift for oh, yeah. a handsome man or a... Yep. The ham is the prize. Well, it used to be. It was so funny. It was the prize for the best escort. Um, and it was a very prized win. Everybody really worked hard for the ham. 
and it came in just like a little styrofoam. We had no idea what to do with it after he won it because we were going to be there for two more nights. It was like a whole thing. It doesn't fit in the mini fridge. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, it just like sat there. We went and got ice. I don't know. Nice. But he just had so much fun. And so Jennifer actually approached us at the end of the week because she didn't want to like distract us. And um, she was like, oh, so Bailey, like, you know, how, what did you think of it? Do you think you're going to be back? And before I even opened my mouth, Austin from down at the other end of the table is like, oh, we're going to be back. We're going to be back next year. Don't you worry, Jennifer, we're coming back. And we did, we just kept going. And, um, that first year was obviously rough. I ended up crying at the end of the week because I was exhausted. Now, okay. Is that like a rite of passage thing? Like you have to cry as a pageant girl to like, yeah, I feel like everybody, you always have those moments. Pageants are very stressful. And a lot of people like don't give us enough credit for like the amount of stuff that we go through leading up to the pageant and then like that week and so that was my first ever time crying at a pageant it's not my last time that's for sure but it was so funny we have a picture of me looking like a cupcake in the back because I'm just like sitting on the ground bawling my eyes out with my dress around me but um we just kept going back and it was so much fun we met some amazing people that year the next year actually I met um a little another little girl she a year older than me her name was Lisa O'Connell and she just kind of changed the pageant game for me. Her and her family took my mom and I under their wing and uh, her mom, Bridget, they're some of the nicest people I've ever encountered. And they just helped us out. They really like wanted, they wanted to see me um, flourish and they wanted to see me come out of my shell. And Elise was outgoing and like kind of pushed me to that point. And so we kept coming back. The next year I, my second year I was first runner up. And then the year after that, I ended up winning and it just never stopped. I just had become in, I just became in love with the organization and the girls and everything that I got out of it. Um, and it took me a lot of years to get to the point that I got to in the system being a national queen. I mean, I think it was like 12 or 13 years I was in the system. Um, Ooh. I keep saying system, which uh, sounds kind of weird. Yeah, well, yeah. No, well, I say like kind of the same thing. So like for me, in comparison, I played basketball for 15 years, yeah. I guess. I don't know. But I'd probably say like I started I didn't start playing like competitively until we moved to Racine when I was like seven. Yeah. And my dad immediately put me with older kids, which is a really good move. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, the game of basketball, like I understood, and we, we call slowing down, like the game slowed down mm-hmm. for me in like seventh grade, where yeah. I like was able to understand what was going on, like the details more than other people. And that's yeah. normally how you advance. And I was getting to a more advanced point. And yeah, that definitely have, I feel like that has to happen in some capacity with the pageant game too. Oh yeah. 100%. So like at what age did it like, I guess, slow down for you at what point, what year in? Um, I actually think, well, when you're so young, you're kind of just being like pushed all the way around. And so when I was in the, so the way that pageants work are there are like several divisions. And so I was still young that I actually started in the first division as a princess. And, um, I was there for like two years. And so I won my first year in the sweetheart division. And I actually think it started to slow down the year I was giving up my title. Mm. Um, When I won my title, I was still just like kind of following like the flow of the motion. I've always been my own person. I've always been very opinionated and like nobody's going to tell me a different way kind of thing. Yeah. But 
I just still, we were so new still that I kind of had to like let go of that when I won and I like needed that guidance from the people we had found to help. And so I think the year I gave up my title, I just like had so much confidence after that year. I finally felt like I could talk and I had worked on my speaking a whole lot. My lisp was like almost not there anymore. And it just like gave me so much confidence in one year. Well, not just one year, even that first year when I was a princess, my mom saw a huge difference, but I can remember like I was old enough to know that I was very different than when I had started these pageants. So I think it was a lot earlier on just because there aren't, you know, like basketball has like a whole lot of moving parts Yeah. and it's like always changing. And although pageants kind of are, you're still coming. I was coming back to the same pageant each year. So I was starting to understand what was expected of me and like what um, I needed to do to like bring myself out of the crowd kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, super young, probably like eight or nine years old. I finally was like, this is what I got to do. <laughs> wow. Well, and that you can kind of tell how you're like, you're built for things. You, you can tell mm -hmm. like when you're doing something that you really enjoy that you're like, hmm, I think I'm going to be good at this. Hey, yo, mom, yeah. dad, I think we should be spending time on this. Yeah. And I, I'm glad that like, I'm happy for you that you figured that out. I know you did other things as well. Mm -hmm. Like for me, I didn't like pick a thing ever yeah. really so yeah. until like college so I never really had the opportunity to say okay this is my thing and I yeah. think later in life I'm about to get I'm about to be done with college like that horrifies me because oh I don't know what it feels like to do one thing now oh my gosh exactly that's exactly how I feel I like kind of grew up when I first started pageants that's all I was doing but when I was getting older my mom always called me her jack of um all trades kid because I didn't just do one thing and I didn't want to just do one thing. And so, although I thought I was giving like a hundred percent of my effort to like every single thing I did, that just wasn't possible. So it was more like I was giving like 80% because I was like, I needed time. <laughs> I needed time to do my other things. Um, and so it really like created just, I mean, I just was never home. My poor brothers, they like, <laughs> They were always only with my dad, pretty much. My mom and I were always together because she was just bringing me around to my other things all the time. But I feel exactly the same way. I'm like looking for jobs and I do not know how to do one thing. <laughs> well, so. and yeah, it, there's, and I think there's, now that I think about it, I think I had one point in my life where I only did one thing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's probably, you can probably think of something similar for pageants where it's like a short point in your life where you're like, well, pageants was the only thing I was doing for like this two year span. Yeah. For me, it was only like maybe a year max. It probably was only like nine months yeah. in my eighth grade and freshman year because I wasn't old enough to be staff at camp yet. So I was doing basketball mm -hmm. camps at going into my freshman year. Mm -hmm. And that summer I was playing against the seniors and the high school yeah. graduates, the guys in college, and then playing against freshmen when the basketball season came. Yeah. That might've been where I was at my best because I got MRSA in November of my freshman year. What was the our freshman year, 2011? Uh, 2012. We graduated in 2016, the, the year before. Oh so yeah, I guess the year before. Yeah. So in like, like the end of November, early December is when I got MRSA. So up until okay. that point, that was like a month and a half of basketball. I was killing it. My yeah. coach, Ryan Thompson was like, you've got this, you're going to be really good. Just keep yeah. going, keep going. Of course, as soon as you're going well, you get struck. Always. So, but that was like, it slowed down. The game slowed down for me because I finally had time to sit and focus on it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, and that was probably what, is that something similar to what happened with the pageants where you finally just had time to do it and then you got nailed yeah. on it? Well, definitely. Um, like I said, when I was in high school or well, actually more when I was in like grade school, I was doing a thousand things. And when I got to high school, I had those like two main focuses of theater and equestrian. And once theater ended, I was just kind of left to like figure out my own thing. I just didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I was headed to college and away from my family and my dad was sick. And, you know, we just like had so many different factors going on that it was more important for me to kind of focus in on one thing. And so I kind of just found myself doing that. I thought about joining theater here at UW Oshkosh, um, just never did. Like I, I just wanted to go and I wanted to try to do the pageant one more time. And I just wanted to win this national title so bad because I just loved the system so much. And I just knew like, I felt like I couldn't be done until I reached that goal. Cause I had had that goal first, basically my whole life, since I was like six years old, I've had this goal. I wanted that red, pretty banner. You keep mentioning your national title. So we should say oh, yes. you are a national champ. You are Miss America, Miss Teen America. Yeah, I like to think a little bit, but uh, yep. My official title was Miss American Teen 2017. Miss American Teen. There we go. Yes. For okay. the Mac system, um, like I said, there's 10,000 different pageant systems. Um, Miss American Coed is uh, like a known one. It's coming back. It's um, doing so well. It's actually literally going on right now as we're talking. I was gonna say, uh, this is about the time of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's actually kind of funny. My mom and I literally just got off a call about um, Mac. But um, so, anyway, so when I got to college, um, I was just like, had all those things going on. And so mom and I invested everything we could into this nationals. I got a coach, Thomas Stokes, and he was amazing. And I just found myself really focusing in on me. I felt like when I would go to nationals before I'd focus a lot on the other girls that were there. And if you ask my mom about it today, she'll still say that to me, like, it seemed like I just didn't know there was anybody else in the room. And to be honest, it sounds horrible, but I barely remember the people I competed against that year because I was just so focused on myself. Well, that's how, like, that, I'm going to make another sports reference. That's, yep. that's athletes just in general. You know, you hear the crowd in the end of the game. Yes. You're so laser focused. doesn't matter. Exactly. But also, when the lights are that bright in your face, too. I'm sure it's something similar to theater. Like, yeah. you can't see the crowd in a theater performance. Yeah, you can't see anything. And so, and we just had a lot going on. And so I guess I should say like, before I went to nationals, actually three days before I went to nationals, my father actually ended up passing away um, from a super long cancer battle. And we weren't even sure we were going to go. My, my mom had made plans for me to go down to nationals with a pageant friend. And she was just going to take care of me the entire week because my mom figured she'd be at home taking care of my dad. And at the last minute, we booked my mom a ticket with me on the plane and we were, we just looked at each other and we said, we're doing this. It's making it happen. And leading up to that night with my dad, uh, my mom would always like refer to nationals and be like, oh, you know, Adrian and Bailey, they're going to go down and Adrian or Bailey's going to do fine. Adrian will take care of her. My dad was always be like, um, no, you're going to be there. My mom was like, no, I'm going to be here with you. And he, no, you're going to be there. And so it just was a wild ride. I mean, I spilled coffee like on my dress bag in the airport. <laughs> 
but luckily it was like waterproof and we just have a bunch of different coincidences that like lightened our mood and the people down and this is why I love pageants so pageants have a bad a bad rap because uh, I was gonna like say you you really need to uh like yeah. just let us know what it's like so we we know that it's not your like TLC or like <laughs> any like reality show no. style like but like you guys yeah. drink any crazy Mountain Dew cocktails over there yeah no I mean I might have drinking some Mountain Dew when I was a little too young but probably out of my mom's eyesight she hey, I can tell me. you there's something worse going on in the sports world so yeah and so the system I was in was actually a natural pageant and I wasn't allowed and I that's the only pageants I've ever competed what, what, a natural pageant you mm-hmm. said Okay. So I wasn't allowed to wear any form of makeup until I was 14. And actually wow. it was super serious. They would have makeup wipes behind, uh, like backstage and they would wipe our faces in spots where makeup could be put to make sure we weren't wearing any. So now how does, I guess the stigma, I shouldn't say stigma, but the, the thought process for outsiders of what you do in the natural world, what, what do you call the other one, the other unnatural world? The um, the Miss America beauty pageant. What do you call that? Well, one? The plastics? No, I mean, the, like the Miss America pageant, those like really high level pageants, those only are competed in with like college age and above women. And okay. so natural pageant really is really a term that only refers to um, pageants that you can compete in when you're young. So there's like two different realms of young pageants and it's natural pageants and glitz pageants. Glitz pageants are going to be like what you see on TLC in um, Toddlers and Tiaras. I never competed in any of those. Um, I just, my mom wasn't, uh, well, first there are none really near me. And we didn't know anything about pageants to begin with. And so we didn't know anybody in that world. Um, I know a lot of girls. So that was good. You you were a win in that coincidence then. Because that was probably the best coincidence. Yeah. So I started off in natural and the glitz pageants, they really aren't bad. I do know a lot of girls who started in glitz pageants and they're wonderful people. It's just a totally different world. Is it if kind of like club volleyball where like all the moms are absolutely crazy? And, well, <laughs> or at least they're okay. I shouldn't say crazy. So no, I the moms are crazy. The moms are like invested because of how much yeah. money they're putting in. Then the parents get on the line like emotionally because of how much money financially they're putting into yeah, it. Yeah, it really pageant parents are always nuts. My mom was a completely different person during pageant week. Um, I love my mom and she's so nice, but she was crazy. And if you touched my dress before it was ready, you were going to know it. And that's just, I've, I've been yelled at by your mother before about touching your dress twice. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember before the musical and definitely remember before prom. Oh yeah. I like, that was probably twice too. And like, I wasn't even within 10 feet of it. And she's like, yeah, she, um, that's just, you know, that's just comes with pageantry because even it doesn't really matter what side of pageantry you're doing. It might, it probably is more expensive to be in glitz pageants, but being in natural pageants is really still expensive. You're spending all this money and you're investing all this time and you want to do it right. And I mean, that's a lot of pressure for a parent, especially when your child is a child. Yeah. And so I really can't speak a whole lot on the glitz world because I just like don't know a whole lot about it. Um, But like I said, I know a lot of great people who 
competed in those pageants. And I think even the stigma for those are kind of hard um, and harsh because it still is just little girls and they're just going up there and, you know, doing their best playing princess basically. And that's all I was doing. I just wasn't allowed to wear makeup while I was doing it because my dad was very against makeup. <laughs> and so anywho, um, leading to this. So I'd been in this system for almost 12 years when I got to nationals that year after my dad passed. And the reason I love pageants is because of the relationships that it gave me and the support system that it's given me. I landed in Orlando and we got to the hotel and immediately all of these girls who I had just met over the years were just there. They were just there for me. I had one friend, um, her name is Danielle, and she actually is competing right now down there. And she was just wonderful. She had a bear for me that she had a whole bunch of the contestants sign. And she like kind of explained what was going on. And all the judges were notified already because Patty Hawkins had actually reached out to us, who was the director of nationals at the time. Wow. And, um, so I just really went down there and the people there, they just cared and they cared in like a way that wasn't super overwhelming um, because I'm not like a super emotional person, yeah. um, but they really just like let me do everything and like, you know, come out of it like on my own terms. And so I think like the stigma that comes around pageants is a bit unjustified. I know that it looks it looks wild from the outside. It looks crazy. It really does. Um, I've had friends through all of the years spew all the stigmas to me about it and that I've had to like unexplain, but um, I'll defend them until I die. Like if I have a daughter, I'll, you know, see if she wants to do them. It just is like, it was just so perfect for me. And it just is, it's just perfect for some girls. But um, they're just all so different. It just kind of depends on what system you get into. Really depends on your uh, time in pageantry. But I wouldn't trade mine for the entire world. So now to nationals and I won also. So that was yes, it. yes, you got yes. And that was he was I was actually watching the live stream during yeah. that. We all were. It was wild. Yeah, uh, yeah. I loved all the Snapchats. <laughs> yes. So, all right. So let's say you're a nine-year-old Midwestern girl and you go up to your mom and you say, mom, I want to get into a pageant. Yep. What, what are your options right now? Well, there's a ton of them now. There's even more than I kind of knew about when I was young and a lot that I'm super involved in. And so um, the best option right now is you want to do a pageant, do some research, literally Google pageants in Wisconsin. And you're going to get a lot of different varieties. So you're going to get the natural um, pageants and you're going to get the glitz pageants and you're going to get like some ones that aren't known. A lot of the ones, like the biggest ones that I can think of right now are um, the Miss American Co-Ed, which doesn't actually have its own Wisconsin pageant anymore right now. The NAM system, which is National American Miss. Um, OAM is a very up and coming one. It's outstanding American Miss. It just um, is a national pageant that happens every year. It just passed actually. And then there's another one, um, Miss Royalty, Miss, what is it? Miss Royalty International, I think it's called. It's um, 
ran by a wonderful woman and that one's gotten huge in the Midwest. And so, although when you think of like small town Wisconsin and pageants, it doesn't like click, um, you can make it click. You just kind of have to do, you have to put in the time and the research and meet the people, you know, you gotta get onto the Facebook pages and reach out, just reach out to people. And like directors are always willing to talk about their pageants and they want to and other contestants are wonderful resources for that. And so it really just, we're not the mean girls that everybody like thinks that we are because it looks weird from the outside. I mean, there are wonderful, wonderful women competing in these systems that would love to get other people involved in them. Yeah. And so the the reason I asked that is because I I just wanted you to give a second to like clear second chance to clarify how like vast this can be, how small yeah. it can be, all the different categories. Cause I went to the website that of your pageant yeah. and I actually went back and I saw your picture. I saw the group of the girls you won with. Yep. And I I looked at it, I was like, this is nothing what I expected. Mm-mm. Like almost what you expect is for someone that looks like they're always like like strung in a corset their hair is like like dyed beyond belief yeah like eyebrows tweeze so your pores are huge but it doesn't matter because you cover them all up in makeup anyway yeah yeah it is just like the variety that you actually get to see between the women competing in these pageants is unexpected you do I know when people think of pageants they really just think of like the most kind of basic human being that they could think of because their idea of pageantry is probably not all there, but these are dynamic women. I mean, we have, uh, like Cara Mund, the past Miss America, Miss Miss America is going to be a lawyer. And we've got a whole bunch of, we've got artists who have been Miss America, like savvy. We've got all of that, but we've got it in every single system. And so when you think of those big, I mean, Miss USA right now, I think is also a lawyer. Um, So when you think of those big systems, you can see all of that, like you can do research on those people. But when you look at the smaller systems, you can't really, I mean, nobody can really look me up. I'm not cool anymore. When I Google myself, I don't find a picture of me in a crowd, which is super sad, but it's okay. Um, So you just can't do that. And so it's hard to like imagine what the girls are in the systems, but like I keep repeating, some of my best friends have come out of this. I mean, um, a couple of, well, I love all the girls that I won that year with. We had the best year ever. We went to Miss America together and we went to all the state pageants together. And it was literally like a family. And so a couple of us old who were like older um, at the time and already had uh, phones and everything, we still stay in contact because we just made such an impact on each other's lives in such a small amount of time. And that's really what you miss when you kind of just stigmatize the entire world, the entire like world of pageantry right away. Yeah. And that that's kind of a good leading point because when I kind of mentioned it in the beginning, a, a common misconception I think about pageantry is that it, it's nothing about empowering women it's only Mm -hmm. about like showing them off it's like their piece of meat like an auction almost like you're just showing yourself off for like a mate like for a guy like it's nothing to do about you but 
I, I can imagine, at least from a theater for perspective, even like the, the type of empowerment from getting up on stage because you're showing off a lot of yourself and you're being vulnerable to a crowd. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, that um, is like a great point, because when the Miss America system was getting rid of the swimwear option, I have competed also in the Miss America system. And I only did it for a year, but it was so much fun. Um, the girls there were so welcoming. I had never competed in that system before as a teen or anything. But when they were looking to get rid of the swimmer option, that was a huge deal to these women. And not because they were excited, because a lot of them were sad. Because they trained you know? so hard for that. Well, and that they put a lot of effort into it. But also, like, I have never been very in shape. I don't really like to work out and I really like chocolate. And so when I went to the club, yeah. And so I went into the Miss America system. I was really nervous for the swimwear competition. I mean, I maybe, I don't, I don't wear, like, I don't know. Like I like to cover up. Um, and although I have all this confidence when I'm on stage, I'm really a very insecure person. Um, but something about being on that stage like brings out a different side of you. And I'm sure you felt that in theater because I always did too, but you're just a different person and you just feel so good about yourself. And so I'm backstage before the swimmer competition and I'm freaking out because behind me is this gorgeous woman who like has the perfect dancer body and she's beautiful. And I'm like, oh my God, I am just like, I'm not, I'm not prepared for this. And this girl, she looks at me, she goes, you are absolutely gorgeous. Do not even compare us. And I got on that stage and I say, I had the best time of my entire life. I was up there. I was in my four inch heels in my little bikini. I was rocking the stage and I'll never forget it. I mean, I just will never forget how I felt because it was, I was, do, I was doing it for myself. Like I didn't really care what anybody in the audience thought of my thighs I thought I looked pretty darn good. And so that's like, that's kind of what it was all when you kind of read the statements about that being removed. That's kind of what all the girls were saying was the empowerment of doing it on your own terms and only for yourself is a different kind of level. It's just a different kind of comfortability. Um, and although we don't have that part of the competition anymore, you get that in every single part. I mean, even with evening gown, you have picked out that dress. You have loved that dress. I mean, the dress that I won in, it was like we had a relationship. Like I had a relationship with an inanimate object <laughs> because I had to be able to work with that dress. Oh, yeah. And it had to fit me and it had to look nice. And I had to know how it was going to move. And so although when people think of the pageant community, they're like, they're just baiting themselves and they're just up there and you know all these men are watching and blah blah I don't care like I have never cared once if there's a man in the audience watching me because I mean you're just not there for that you know no I wasn't you know what I was there for a crown yeah it was gorgeous (laughs) and so I just it just was it really is a different you just feel so confident because you just like have made yourself and you don't have to look a certain way. And that's like the other stigma that I hear all the time too, is that people are like, well, you have to look a certain way to win. And you don't, you just have to be yourself. 
And that was like what it took me a long time to figure that out. And that's when I won. That's kind of what I had figured out because I just needed to know that I was really showing who I was on the inside. Like, sure, I had this beautiful purple dress on that I loved. Um, but when I loved that dress, my confidence just came out and I just owned that stage. Um, and so I think like, that's the problem with that stigma of pageantry is you don't know how we feel. Like if you're only paying attention to what we're doing and not how we like look confidently doing it, then that's your loss. Because, um, I mean, I'm a much better woman because of my well, personally, I'm a much better woman because of my experience in there, because I never would have been able to talk to anybody if I hadn't joined um, that system when I was young. Now, I know it can't all be rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> no, so no. now you say it made, it made you better. Yeah. Have you seen cases where it hasn't and it made people worse off coming out of the system? Um, I... I can't really think of one because it's hard to talk for somebody or else. like an example of like what that may look like, I guess. Is yeah. more what I mean. guess if you're only in the system to win and that's it, you're probably not going to have like a whole lot of fun. Um, I know when I talked about how I won nationals, it was kind of like, there's nobody else there, but I still had a ton of fun and I loved the girls I was competing with. And although I was super zoned in on myself, I always wanted to like be a part of the group. And so if you're not wanting to like meet people and you're not wanting to gain those friendships, because when I went down nationals, I already knew a ton of the girls that I was competing with. And so I think part of the reason I was so zoned in on myself is because I already knew these girls and I already loved a lot of them and they knew what was going on. But in the past years, it was just always so much fun because I was meeting new people and I was going to all the little parties that the pageant put on and we were going to the pool and hanging out. And, um, I think like you might not come out a worse person if you're only there to win, but you're probably not going to come out with like as many fun experiences just because I think that that is part of like the great experience. Now, like I said, I can't really talk for like other people because that was my experience, but I also think that they can intertwine. I mean, I've had some really bad pageant girl moments. And I've seen my friends have some really good, bad pageant girl moments. I have a pageant friend who I'm her maid of honor um, in her wedding soon. And she's not allowed to like have her shoes until she puts them on her feet. Because one time she threw her whole suitcase of shoes around our room because she had burned herself with a curling iron. And so it wasn't funny at the time. It's really funny now. And it'll probably be in my speech at her wedding. But it's like a thing. Like, I'm just going to hold on to her shoes for like the morning of her wedding, you know, just in case, just in case something happens with a curling iron. Interesting. Um, or like, you know, you, tensions are just always running high. Like you are, you're there and you've worked so hard and you'll want to do your best. It's and, like you're a rock star. You're a pop star. You're, yes. you're having a pop star freak out because you put so much time and effort exactly. in. Exactly. Exactly. Shit. Yes. Like anybody would be pissed off if they put as many hours in. As you can swear, did. by the way, that this okay. is. Yeah. Yeah. You can swear. This I should have like made that. Clear. I've probably sworn in forever. <laughs> no, no, no. You can swear. <laughs> um, I mean, anybody would be pissed off if you put in this many hours and you go down there and you just like 
fall on your face on the stage or forget your, I mean, I've forgotten things. I've forgotten my introduction before. I did this one time. Okay. I was in an interview. The Donald was, Trump hands. Yeah. yeah this, uh, this is what I did. I stood there and I like sat and I was talking to this girl and I was going like this the whole time. And my mom was pissed. My mom was not happy with By me. the way, what you just did is like the Wisconsin mother pissed. Yeah. Like that, that's was, like the Wisconsin mother. Like she was damn. so mad. And I was mad because I just hadn't noticed I was doing it. It was like just it was just something I was doing out of anxiety of being in an interview. And I was so mad at myself. I like, could not believe it. Or it just is. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of work. And so when you see all your work come together and then it doesn't really come together how you expected, it's a surprise. And, a little aggravating. Uh, mm-hmm, it's a little aggravating sometimes. Or, I mean, like we said in the beginning, that one time when I was six was not the last time I cried at a pageant. Like, if you rip your dress while you're at a pageant. Oh, mm-mm, no. Mm-mm, I was done for. I, I got makeup on my dress because I, like, ripped it and it was white. And I went like this and I like rubbed my tear under my eye and then I touched my dress. Oh no. The, mm-hmm. the, the frosting comes off the cake and it's, yeah. yeah. And so I was really pissed about that. And I didn't talk to anybody the rest of the night. So how does the theater makeup compare to pageant makeup when you get to the higher ranks? Um, to be honest. Or I'll say whatever pageant makeup was for you at its worst. Yeah. It, it really isn't like all that much different because um you have a lot of makeup on yeah on a stage and we all know that stages lights are like to a disco ball yep make you into like the worst color of your life (laughs) and so now like when I got to be 14 I started spray tanning for pageants um and so you've got the spray which is extraordinarily common your mother is not a bad person for letting you do that no 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 No, it's super common and let's all be honest we've all spray tan i still spray tan i spray tan for everything if i was in a wedding at 14 i would have spray tanned for that wedding i am a ghost okay an extraordinary (laughs) wisconsin thing as well to do yes spray tanning yes it's it's really cheap here it's so cheap here i've like i still have a free spray tan waiting for me somewhere in one of these tanning salons here but um so you've got like the spray tan on and then you've just got all these layers on your face, which looks supernatural, but like it's so much. So it takes a while to get used to with theater makeup. It's so thick. Like I'm sure you remember like our, oh, yeah. our foundation is like basically a crayon. Like you can, you can go like this at yeah. the end of the show and you can see the street. <laughs> Just like wipe yeah. it off, like frosting. <laughs> I will tell you, I am not a person that has bad acne. Like right now you're looking at the worst acne. I yeah. And the worst acne of my life mm-hmm. on my face was that from that, what, yep. three and a half weeks, we caked our faces in makeup and yep. sweated profusely in body oh, suits. Yeah. 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 Um. So I think like that's the difference too is theater makeup is made to be super super thick because you're you're gonna sweat through it yeah you're gonna sweat through it and you're gonna look like basically a porcelain doll unless you like add some features onto it and that's kind of the point but with pageant makeup it's like the normal makeup you would see in Ulta or that you would put on for a wedding but just a little bit darker because you're on stage with all those lights 
I think the hardest part of pageant makeup is the lashes. Um, and that's just personally for me because I don't like when people touch my eyes. So, okay. Now there's a, a million different type of lash applications. I, <laughs> and I'm starting to see some weird, like new ones. Mm -hmm. So are these like magnetic ones, something that are legitimate? Are people actually using these? Yeah, so I hear a lot of really awesome reviews actually about the magnetic ones. There are a ton of, I have never used them. My mom is like a pinch away from your eyelid being in a lot of pain. Yeah. So my mom used them one time, um, after she like lost her eyelashes to chemo and she didn't mind them either, but there are these new ones where you actually like get an eyeliner with it and put the eyeliner on and then you like the eyelash make is magnetic to the eyeliner. Oh, so they put like micro like metal yeah. in the, oh, wow. Yeah. So there's just like a lot of like really cool shit coming out with fake eyes. So that's <laughs> what we're doing with all this space age NASA research bullshit is oh, we're yeah. making you better ways to put on yeah. eye makeup. And no flying cars or any shit like that, but like <laughs> magnetic, yeah, eyelashes. magnetic <laughs> eyeliner for easy application eyelashes. <laughs> Of course. Good second. Good second. <laughs> yeah. Um, so shifting gears a little bit, we went to Union Grove High School, yeah. um, which most recently was in the news for being right down the street from like one of the biggest like manufactured drug, like black market. Did you not hear about that? The <laughs> down, like literally down Main Street, there is a the 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 Hefine brothers, and they're from Racine. My sister and I actually went to school with them. And um, they're uh, they, down the street in Union Grove on one of the realtor buildings. They were making those fake carts, the weed carts that, that were so in popular. that little realtor oh. building, that little red realtor building. They're one of the main street buildings. Oh my god! So yeah, you can do the the research for the whole yeah. story, but it was huge. And like, there's a girl that lived in my dad's neighborhood that I, like knew growing up that was like dating one of them. And while the guys were arrested, she was driving around the dude's car. Like, why the fuck would you do that? Like oh, no. literally scream, I'm guilty by association. I'm just going to drive his car. So oh, yeah. Um, but so just for context, so Union Grove is kind of a, is a town where Friday night high school football is the thing to do when the North fair is on. Ball. Yeah. It, well, actually, the end of our high school, they were really good. That's true. Actually, our junior the, and senior year, they were really good. And our freshman year, only our fresh, like our freshman team was. Well, it was because it was, it was Joe Peterson. It was like yeah. our class. Our freshman our class team was, was like really good. good. And then the year after that, that incoming class had some good stars, but they played yep. up with our grade, which yeah. ended up being our quarterback, Matt Nelson, who goes to Whitewater. Oh, no, really? Yeah, he does. Nice. Um, so, yeah, uh, but Union Grove is a really weird school because, like we said before, it's a union school. It's a feeder school. It's got elementary schools. But that probably only makes up a third, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. The other is Racine kids, mostly. Yep, lottery. Coming from private schools. Yeah. And from that class, Joe Peterson's another kid that, that we grew okay. up with. Um, mm -hmm. I literally grew up with him in the private school system. Oh, okay. a bunch of other girls as well that went out to Union Grove. Um, so from my perspective going out there, I also started at St. Catherine's, the private high school downtown Racine. So I, I had two very different experiences. Um, but Union Grove was, like I said, one of those towns from my perspective. Fridays, all you have is football. Mm -hmm. On the weekends, all you have is either going to the drag strip or yeah. going to your kid's sporting event. 
and then to the bars and if you're a high school kid you're probably out like drinking in a field yeah like dead in a field somewhere (laughs) like no mom I'm fine and then you're like pass out puking in a field (laughs) how okay we don't have to be, we're both of legal drinking age. Yes. You can't get in trouble for any drinking stories in high we're school. We're old now, so. <laughs> there any, there's no like statute of limitations on like drinking when you're a minor and nobody got hurt, right? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Well, a broad question that can have a broad answer. Mm-hmm. How many, because your mom doesn't probably want to know the real answer. I don't know if she'll end up seeing or hearing this, but mm-hmm. how many times have you called mom? Or a, a family member or like a friend. And yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then the phone hangs up and you like, that's the last like 10 seconds of fineness that you had left in your system. Yeah, actually. So I because was. This is a common thing to do in Wisconsin as well. Yeah. There's not a lot else to do, but get inebriated. No. And it was kind of weird because I actually was like a very innocent child until like my juniorish year. I was about to say by the time I met you, we started hanging <laughs> out. That yeah. was like out the window. Yeah. We like I want to try this, 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 and yeah. this. And I'm like, me and you had like a whole list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we did because we, we would sit off stage in <laughs> just talk major shit. Telling me all this shit you want to do. And I'm like, don't You're like, let's make it happen. I'm like, yeah, but like. <laughs> the fuck like like I'm not like a bad kid by any means but like I like to experiment so I'm curious I, that's what I should say I'm curious yeah and that that's no secret to a lot of people I'm a curious person yeah and people like <laughs> you like I, I want to try this this and this I'm like I've never done most oh, of that but <laughs> since because I've done that yeah. one thing you know it's yeah. yeah, I guess like, so after, you know, that it probably jumped up a couple of times. Um, I always tell my mom that I'm fine until I like black out. My mom knows everything about me. Um, and so she probably knows how many times I've done this. But when I was in high school, that number was much lower because I had a long-term boyfriend. So if I was like in need. We, people- we're going to we're going to come back to that because that's another Union Grove thing we need to talk about. Yeah, like, so when I was in need, I would just pick up my phone and be like, hey, babe. <laughs> or I was, like, with him. We were always together. So, like, if he was, if I was getting drunk, I was probably getting drunk with him and his family because we were probably sitting around a damn bonfire listening to country music and, like, line dancing while getting drunk. <laughs> like, Which, let's be real, what age did you, like, actually, like, drink to get, like, drink to the ability where you were able to get drunk for the first time? I think the first time, I think I was, like, 16. And I think that's the first time I got drunk. And that, and that's relatively old from where we're from. I, like, feel a little embarrassed saying that I was 16. (laughs) And anybody (laughs) not from our area that hears this is like, (gasps) oh. Like, and all, like it was so weird because all of my friends like the friends that I entered high school with like they had already explored all of that and I just like did not because I honestly thought my mom would murder me if she ever found out but she now what about your brother Austin um you mean like if he ever got drunk in high school yeah like in comparison because um, they compared to the other kid you know Okay, yeah, so I was probably the most, well, Lucas might have been more innocent than I am. I actually have never asked him that. Austin was, 
the life of the party, you know, he just w- always has been, he's so loud. I mean, we're all loud, but he's loud and opinionated and everybody loves him. And he just is a life of the party. So I'm sure much younger, like maybe 15, I'm going to text him. I'm going to text I, him like maybe freshman year. Yeah, I'll say, <laughs> I, my dad will probably hear it, but he, he, he knows I don't care. Uh, my mom doesn't care, but in eighth grade, I got invited to a high school party Ooh. when I was at St. Cat's for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny because like four weeks after this, ha- <coughs> excuse me, four weeks after this happened, my dad had this like sneaking suspicion that I've been like sneaking out every weekend and going to a parties. And I've only ever went to one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think and, like- yeah. That's just why I think parents always think like from where we're from, I think you hear about one kid sneaking out and then it's like, oh, everybody's sneaking out. Everybody's getting together and getting drunk together. (laughs) Well, what I think something that is kind of important about that, though, is. We grew up seeing now, I don't know how your family drinks, but I've got family members that are heavy drinkers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And it introduced me to heavy drinking at a young age to where I even did it. But it got to a point where I didn't want to do it as much anymore. And I knew Mm -hmm. how to control myself a lot more. So by the time I hit 21, I mean, I've already been drinking for like five years. Like I know what alcohol does to me. It's nothing new. Like I would drink wine before I'd go out and shovel in the winter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I definitely, well, we're from the Midwest. You know, what else, what else are you going to do here? The the Packers, oh, the Bears. I was going to say the Bears because my dad was a Bears fan. Yeah. (laughs) so he would drink during the Bears fan Bears games. I could definitely I wouldn't understand drinking during the Bears games. They always lost. Um, but you know the Packers game would come on, and you've got a whole damn party of your relatives around. And what else are you going to do? Sit there? And, no, you're going to get drunk. Well, like, and what game. people like? Yeah, everyone's got their like Sunday like football thing, but <laughs> about probably like six, about two thirds. I'd say sixty six percent, two thirds of the NFL season for the Packers are like noon, one o'clock, two o'clock games mm-hmm. on Sundays. So what people don't understand is the post Protestant, like Christian <laughs> church, church party. Sunday. Yeah. So basically what happens is mom, grandma, aunt gets up in the morning, Sunday or late oh. Saturday, goes to the store, gets the things going for set or for Sunday or later yeah, in the day. Or, yeah, on Saturday. Crock pockets going before church. Everyone goes to church. Literally from church, you're probably already wearing your Packer gear. If it's a Packer Sunday, you go from there, maybe to like a diner. If you got like a family diner yeah. and then you head back to the house, you start drinking and then an hour later, two hours later, the Packer game's on. And all your friends have like come. Yeah. By that point, everyone's migrated to one place. Yeah. Like our town could really probably be in like a country song. um, because It's probably based on a couple. Yeah, because there's definitely, there was definitely some Sunday. I mean, pack, the Packers season would come on and our entire church, it would just be Packers gear. Yeah. Like church attire was a Packers jersey during it, the season. It was almost to a point where if you didn't wear Packer gear, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, I wonder if they're a Bear fan or yeah, like, like, I wonder if they're just not into sports. Where are you like, from? Because <laughs> It you, like that's not a cliche or like seriously like that's a real thing. Yeah, Same thing with school. Like if there's a Thursday night game, you bet your ass everybody was wearing their Packers oh. stuff, and they always love to play the Bears on Thursday night. 
you bet your ass everybody was wearing bears or packers stuff because we're in the union grove area we're about hour north of the border if you say Mm -hmm. west of the eye but we're like just east like we're just east of like central yeah we're in between like the the central and the east of the state so So we've got it all yeah we've got both teams playing we used to make it into like a spirit day at my elementary school like the packers would play and they'd be like oh spirit day everybody wear your packer gear And then you get those couple traitors and you're like, ah, I see them. We're like, who are you? Where are you from? (laughs) Yeah. And then you get those couple kids that just didn't get along with the group of kids. So they wore Packer or bear stuff or they became a bears fan and just didn't wear the actual clothes just to argue with them. Yeah. Because there's not a lot to argue about in Wisconsin either besides sports or you see one thing wrong and then they hold that against you for the rest of your life. Yeah, because there's nothing else to. It's Wisconsin. What else is there? There's just not a whole like. I I loved growing up in like I kind of loved growing up in Wisconsin because it was like rural and so I like had really close friends and close families and I grew up in a very safe neighborhood. I mean, my mom is moving right now and we don't know how we're gonna get her to remember a key because she probably hasn't locked her door in. I'm 22, so like 21 years. Yeah. So. It's going to be a very different world. Um, but it really was like your fun time was a bonfire or a Packers party. or And that's just how it always was, even when I was. Or in drinking in a school. circle in a basement. Yeah. Just always like a circle. It around. Yeah. 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 Um, I think like the earliest I drank was I probably tried alcohol in elementary school um with my then like best friend I think we like sat in her basement one oh okay well that just reminded me of her memory but it probably was elementary school um give us the memory as nondescript as possible um one of my at least not get don't get yourself in trouble you know one of my friends had a party um our freshman year and (laughs) that's like where I got uh my like future long-term boyfriend's like phone number and everything and it was like a big thing and I think that was probably one of the earliest times I drank, 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 um, was at that party actually, now that I'm thinking about it. And it was literally, what is that really shitty alcohol that everybody has bad memories of the blue one? UV blue, baby. UV blue, UV blue and UV red. Diabetes in a bottle. It's disgusting. Um, It's like, all right. So for anyone that hasn't tried it, you're either not of age or you don't drink alcohol. Um, it, it basically tastes like nail polish remover with icy flavoring. Yeah, I would actually say if you haven't drinking UV blue, you probably waited to start drinking until you were 21. <laughs> yes, yes, perfect. UV blue is like the child drink for liquor. Like, I don't know don't why. Drink that in, unless you get hang, you don't drink that unless you like don't get hangovers the next day. Exactly. Because, so like so have, much sugar. Yeah. Like you have to be a child to yeah. drink it or you're going to die the next day. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. It's gross. But uh, yeah, I think that that was probably the earliest I ever got. Like, mine was um, Godiva liqueur. Mm. I, uh, I, I took it from my mom and I drank like the whole bottle. And it's like, it was like, <laughs> syrup and she i've told her about this she knows about it so it's still <laughs> but i played basketball the next day mm-hmm. and it was wild like oh, hungover yeah. as hell yeah. like it, and this is like drinking hershey syrup with alcohol in it that's disgusting oh and i just remember the memory of like 
throwing it up was like the worst like <laughs> feeling ever. You know, have you seen Monsters Inc? Yeah. So really descript scene, really specific. Um, when he's pouring the coffee and it's like sludging into the cup. Oh yeah. That's so That's bad. Visual. That's so bad. Yeah. Um, but let's go, let's step back a little bit. So yeah. you mentioned your boyfriend. Yeah. So something to to mention about Union Grove and being in the country in general, especially in Wisconsin, is when you're in a relationship as soon as you hit high school, even like eighth grade, in game yeah. over last. Done. <laughs> and I was in a relationship like that, didn't last nearly as long as yours did. Yeah. But yeah, I know what it's like. It, it yeah, it's just wild. like that's how it goes. <laughs> and like, I would probably yeah. say about safely, if not more, at least a third of the couples from our senior class, or at least that had a person in our senior class, are mm-hmm. married or are planning on getting married right now. Like yeah, one of your yeah. best friends, two, two, well, two yeah. your best friends, a, a third from choir, fourth from choir, yeah. a fifth from choir, like it, and that's like. That's a, that's half. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's just so much. And it really is. It, and it kind of depends. Like, I just think some of them last and some of them are, they're just high school things. You know, you had a high, I had a high school sweetheart and I loved him and he's a great guy, but like I moved away. I've always wanted a bigger life. And when you grow up in such a small town, it's hard because a lot of people just want that small town life. The small like, house. How many, how many of our friends are buying small townhouses now? Oh my gosh. My best friend just bought a small townhouse. Yeah. It's so cute, but it is. It's that like little Union Grove. I, I saw so that. Cute. I was like, oh my God, they're doing it too. Yeah, they're doing it. Um, <laughs> so they're so private happy. school, like yeah. at least on the Meyer side, they're all private school raised. Yeah. And so I don't know. I just think like, you kind of, you, you're growing up in this small town and that's kind of yeah. what you do when you get to high schools, you, you know, get into these relationships, but for some reason, like here, they just go on for, so, I mean, my relationship was five years long. It went into my sophomore year of college and it really just came down to one of us wanted that small town life, which is a perfectly fine life to have. Yeah. I mean, I loved growing up like that. It's getting better and better too, actually. Yeah. yeah. And one of us wanted, like, I, one of us wanted a bigger life. I want to move to New Zealand and I wanted to go to New York and I had all these dreams and I've. Now you're a little more grounded because you've been through college and you're like, oh, money. (laughs) Yeah. And I just, you know, like want to make money because I spent so much money to get a piece of paper and college is hard too. Um, And I was just so far away. I mean, I'm like two hours away from home. Um, but yeah, I say, honestly, more power to you. I, we have a lot of couples now who are getting married and they went through it all. They went through the college and the long distance. And I just think that's amazing. I like, Wild. it's crazy. And, um, even Emma, like, uh, Sam went to green Bay and it was hard, but they really made it through. And I mean, they're so damn cute. Uh, well, that's like one of those things where it's like, you just don't think about them separated. And no, they like, were just like meant to be. Thing with, same thing with Hannah Kelsey and, and her husband. Like they were just meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. It just it, it, they seem weird with not being together. So and, exactly, like they just like wouldn't yeah. fit without each other. I think so. I just yeah, it's just so different. I think because you know then you're. I think what was weird is like I was up here, 
And, you know, in college, it's like short term, short term, short term. Who's looking up with who? Oh my! And I was like, I, a- that's a whole nother topic that we can get to. <laughs> like, that's like, that's so different. Yeah. And I was, you know, um, and again, this is another, I feel like I'm in a lot of groups that are stigmatized really badly, but I'm also like a Greek member. Um, (laughs) exactly. And so like, you know, in a Greek community, everybody knows everybody. Um, Oh yeah. It's like a weird, different to varying levels of detail. Exactly. And so it's like, it's like, oh my God, it's, it's got like that high school feel of like, everybody kind of knows what you're oh, on your team, okay. but you're adults. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we can get back to that, but really quick. Yeah. So I, I hear it, I hear a joke all the time around, at least around here, because Whitewater is really similar where there's a lot of high school couples actually that end up coming to Whitewater. Same thing okay, with Oshkosh yeah. and like a lot of the UW schools. Green Bay is another one. Yeah. Um, But there's couples here that started dating like sophomore year of high school. And if you told them marriage at 16 was legal here, they would have done it. Oh my like, gosh. But I, I think that goes to show like when people are like, Oh, you're not an adult until you're 18. I could make an argument with some of the people that we've grown up with really could challenge that hard. Yeah, I think that that's like, I just don't think that's very true. I mean, you know what you, even at a young age, like I knew what I wanted, like, and like I mentioned before, I've always been very opinionated on like, what is going to happen in my life. Like I was not going to take it from anybody else. I mean, if you wanted to give me your advice, probably wasn't going to take it. It might've been right. My mom had a lot of that where she gave me the correct advice and I didn't take it, but you kind of just have to learn on your own. And I think like saying, and that's what I got a lot in that relationship was, well, are you really like old enough to be in love? And are you really old enough to like, you know, uh, think you're going to marry this person? And I, I still think that I was, I still think that like, it was justified for me to know that I was in love with this person. I'm in the same boat on that. Yeah. And know that like at one point in my life, I really pictured our, our entire future together. Um, so I do, I think about, I have like thought about that a lot with all my friends getting married to like their high school sweethearts. And I'm like, how much, like how many times are you told when you're young that like, oh, you're just too young for love. You're like, and that's just so, I just think that's just wrong. Well, it almost makes you college your, your college, your question, your college <laughs> relationships too. Yeah. Because like, like you said, beginning of college is, uh, just to put it lightly, very hippy hoppy. You're you're kind of going from one thing to another. Yeah. You're not focused on one thing necessarily. Um, that's about as clean as I'll put it. Yeah. Um, so, at least for I've dated in college. I just got out of a relationship. That was rough. But like, it's a lot different, but it's a lot similar in a lot of ways. But I definitely wow. questioned the validity of how I felt about the person yeah. because we see all of our friends from high school that are getting married now that are married and like, I've known this person for 10 years and you're dating for five or six. And yeah, you know, we, we started dating in sixth grade. We're just meant for each other. It's like, it makes you question if your, your relationship is good enough. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I totally 100% get that. I mean, my brother who just celebrated his one year anniversary with his wife, um, they are their high school sweethearts as well. And he just kind of knew from the start. And I, um, I always think about this because they met in Spanish class when she was a freshman. Oh man. And, um, 
he called her Rai Rai the hot freshman. And so they just, Austin just like knew from the start that this was like a girl that he didn't want to, you know, didn't want to lose. Like, and he put a lot of effort into it. And um, I think that that does kind of make you question relationships now. I mean, I know I find myself comparing my relationship, but like, it's just so different, you know, Um, because I'm not one person to be like, oh, I know that this person is giving my life my home. Because I think I had been in that long-term relationship and it obviously didn't work out. Now you have I'm no like, idea. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, well, and you know, like divorces are expensive. It's like, yeah, like that's mm, a lot of risk now. Yeah. <laughs> like, do I have so, the money for that? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I can tell you as a child of divorce, it's no, like, cool. Yeah. I got two Christmases and I have four parents now. So it's like, you know, the, when you have four parents, the odds of having a cool one go up. Oh, yeah. So I always yeah. tell my fr- all my friends that they're like, well, your parents are divorced. What's that like? Two Christmases. And I'm like, there, there's other perks. You get like eight yeah. par- grandparents normally. So you have higher chances of having more grandparents than yep. more cool grandparents. And so there's its perks. But um, that that's something that doesn't divorce is not something that's very common in that area, though, which I think. <laughs> is kind of different because in in the country life, that's kind of like what it is. The country, hardworking, the blue collar, it's you're, you, you're married to your person. And unfortunately, I think there's a lot of relationships in that area that are, I've been married to this. I've been dating this person since my freshman, sophomore year in high school. It's been 40 years. I can't leave this person now, you know? Yeah. And I think there's unfortunately a lot of, and I shouldn't say a lot. I don't know that for sure, but there's at least situations that are happening in towns like that, mm-hmm. that there's just there's like specifically women that are in relationships that just can't get out of. I think it's also that like you've been in that relationship for so long that you're kind of just like, if I've made it work this long, I just feel like I can like continue making it work, you know. Um, and sometimes, sometimes that work, sometimes they work it out. I mean, every couple has problems, but I think like part of coming. So I am a big advocate for leaving the town you grew up in, because I think it's our responsibility to become, um, like socially accepting people and like more aware of the world. And, um, I think when you don't do something like that, you might like miss out on some of that. Although I know some very worldly people who have always stayed in a very small town But like, that's one thing I kind of learned here when I was um, starting to question my relationship is like, I had the whole world in front of me. Like I could, you know, I I would be sad for a while. Um, And I still, I think back to it and I'm like, that's, you know, it's sad that we lost those years, but um, I could, I could move on. Like I could find a bigger thing, but I do think like we were so young that I hadn't put, we had put effort into it, obviously, but like we hadn't put years and years and 40 years and kids and you know, all that into it. Um, so I don't know. I feel like it's just hard. I, it's just like a totally different world to me. And maybe in like a couple of years and once Emma's like married for a couple of years, I'll just be like, <laughs> is it like kind of strange that you've known this person since you were like basically a child? Well, <laughs> in a way, no, like you, you like that. Yeah. Like they just don't think about you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but now this, this can kind of like, this can be a record for how, like I treat relationships and just how people from where we're from treat relationships. Mm-hmm. When you're in a relationship from day one, even if you're not like officially dating, you're in that relationship. Yeah. 
like you are super committed. So like when I've had girls like after relationship be like, not necessarily that I was like clingy, but it's like, you're really invested. Like you're just way more into it than I was. I'm like, well, then what were you in it for? I actually, now that you're saying that, I feel like I'm going to text the theater group chat leader and be like, are you like this? Because I am also like that. I, <laughs> that summer, so that summer after uh, my breakup it was the first time I'd ever been single since I like had a thought for myself basically. And um, I found myself like, it was really hard because I would talk to these guys and immediately become attached. And that's like, not, not what I wanted because again, emotions, I like kind of fell out of them after my dad. And like, I was just not looking for the extra emotions, but I think like that it, it might be, I feel like I'm going to have to text everybody from home and be like, do you find yourself getting attached? Yeah. It's like the group. Honestly, here, I'll text the group chat right now. <laughs> Like, fuck, I feel like I'm going to have to, like, like Zoom yeah, my I, therapist I, and be I, like, why am I so attached? <laughs> I want to text a group chat right now. That's funny. I've never thought about that before. Well, it, it's because the, the reason I say that is because I've now, I've had three relationships now that that's been the end verdict that I didn't do anything wrong. In fact, like, I almost tried too hard, mm-hmm. which, like, I think that's, like, the best, like, breakup compliment yeah. you can get yeah like, like, that, like also it's like damn like why were you with me in the first place yeah yeah I just like I know I found myself I like just fell in love with this like one guy over that summer and it was like heartbreaking when that didn't work out I'm sure you remember I like showed up to fair and was like not a happy camper and, well and that's the thing too when you end a relationship and in, in a friend group from a town like that it's an event it, it's like a family member, like, like your, your really cool cousin that you grew up with, like something yeah. like it's a big deal and you, you all get together. Knew. Like, yeah. So, and how, there's probably almost 10 of us that got together after that happened yeah. and we're like, Everybody knew. Uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, it was a mess, but it, I, I just, it speaks to the, the close knit community types of people. It is. It's just a small community, you know, there's just not, not a whole lot else to, because you just know these people like it's just easy to focus in on these people that you've known literally your entire life yeah yeah so yeah and that i i love that we're talking about this because a lot of people even people from like whitewater mm-hmm. unless they're from a town like where from mm-hmm. they don't understand what it's like to be like, oh i go to whitewater i understand what it's like to live in a farm town I'm like this isn't a farm town this is like <laughs> This was a farm town and now yeah. it's a college town. Yeah. Like, because you, you live in the six, do you get it? Um, Have you but, watched the farmer who was also your social studies teacher uh, <laughs> drive down the road in his tractor without a I shirt was about on? to say, it's like, bring your tractor to school day. We had that, but there were days where guys just brought their tractors to school because they had mm-hmm. work after school and their well, field was across the street. We so, had a whole part of our parking lot designated to pickup trucks. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. If you ever got stuck, um, you were fine because someone yeah. was here with a rope to pull you out. <laughs> and you know what? It didn't matter who you were. All of those guys' self confidence were so low that they were like, "Let me fighting. do it." <laughs> they were fighting. So I got better rope. <laughs> now, what I will say though, because there were some scuffles during some pretty heavy Friday football nights, that Uni Grove people, even if you don't necessarily get together within the union grove group they'll stick up for you they are 
they're protect because like some Westosha football games or some some bickering. Yeah. It, yeah. But like the big ones are the non-conference, and you play in-city Racine schools at Union Grove, and they all come out like when we play Park or Case yeah. or Orlick. Oh man, but I. I, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but Friday nights are huge. Like Thursday nights for basketball, Friday nights for d- double headers for girls and guys, varsity basketball, yeah. double headers, like sports are everything. Um, and earlier when we were talking about like the, the rush, when you get across walking across the stage, mm-hmm. uh, for me, I didn't realize that that's what I was getting out of basketball for so yeah. many years until I got to theater and I realized in theater, when we were rehearsing for six months, man, I miss a crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's just like a totally different world. I mean, I still think we were better and you're lucky that you switched. Uh, I, I will forever say <laughs> that for, from, for being a, a not one trick pony, like mm-hmm. I, I became so much more diverse as a human because of that experience and the friends yeah. that I've gained from that experience are, so much more valuable than rather I have not have done that kept playing basketball even if I had a career that path yeah but that is like the weird part about the things that I did so like that's the weird part about pageants and theater is you practiced for so many months but you didn't practice in front of many people yeah I mean I feel like with basketball like and sports I was also in sports um and so you practice but like that, you know, that on Friday, you're going to be in front of a crowd, you know, with theater. And um, I mean, I was in dance and I was in uh, pageants. You are doing all that practicing. And honestly, you don't know all the time when your next performance is with theater. Obviously you do because you had to pay for that. And you have but, a date, like you got a, a hard day. And there's we done by then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, or Mickey Mike was going to uh, lose his shit um which like theater is the, the next thing I want to talk about so we'll get into theater yeah. that's a whole but, different thing for us but yeah so I just think that like you do all this practicing but it's never in front of anybody and then all of a sudden you're in front of like this crowd and it's just like kind of a different kind of rush but you don't feel you don't feel the rush all the time it, it's like a different kind of high well and here's here's what I'll say the uh the crowd that we performed in front of for our, our musical was, let's just say, a bit smaller than anticipated. That's because we did a musical that wasn't like Disney. I know. I knew you know what? Low, low key, low key. I I rather would have done something like I'm really salty they beating the beast after we left. Yeah, I think that like our because, musical like that was, was like perfect sweet. for me. Yeah, I think our musical was super sweet, and like I love the story, but it's like two okay so all right we, we, we keep talking about this music. so we did once in this island yes um and bailey what were your official roles you were um I'll you were one remember. of the frogs and you I were the like, king yeah no i was yeah i was like the lead frog and then they put me into a male part once we um, didn't have enough guys well because that one guy uh dropped that one guy like quit a week in remember yes um and so but we knew he was going to he didn't yeah yeah Yeah. and so um all of a sudden I found myself in a male role but I'm not even sure what his name was because he did like seven different things I mean I was like a king at one point and then I was like your dad 
it was like it was all non-speaking for the most part or like was, really short singing blurb yeah like very short singing parts um nothing you couldn't handle yeah i was like gonna get married to jenna at one point like, like yeah. you girl that's progressive that's yeah. progressive in the <laughs> country just, town and we did it all as animals instead of like the original musical how it's um, well okay so yeah that's that's the thing so that let's bring this up to you you grow like we said it's a country town um not the most diverse school no um once in this island literally takes place on like a jamaican island once in this island is a very diverse musical Um, and we had to alter it a little yeah and it's not actually i remember we like watched we like looked up the broadway version of it well they revived it too since then since we did it oh really yeah um, it's not like any white people no because that's not the story no lachance is the woman that played to moon in the original so uh i in that musical i played the male lead daniel which that was my first time in any major theater role Yeah. And I was the male lead, which was wild. Interesting time. It was an interesting time. I I actually was planning on playing basketball up until my birthday, which was November 17th, when mm-hmm. I quit. And then I tried out for the musical the next day. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't have much competition for my role because there was one person at the time who was transitioning and there was another guy and that was it. And it was his first year too. So yeah. really it was like, all of us who had our, all of us girls, because it's usually mostly girls who had already been in theater for years and years. And then um, it was these weird boys. And there were guys that were good enough to be in it that chose not to because of some of the people, the, the teachers involved. Some of the teachers, yep. Um, and I think like, I can remember back to your audition, actually, like I can like <laughs> think of it. And that's really what it was. You got up on that stage and we were all like, who the hell is this guy um and that's because like you weren't like a freshman you were literally a senior who had never done anything with theater before you were some basketball player which let's think about it theater and sports we were all basically uh, up, in, up until we were in third grade with high school musical that was never something that really existed no and I mean, still, it was very different worlds. Like, like my like, dad told me a story about a kid he went to high school with that there's one kid that did both. And mm-hmm. he talks about him like he was like the most crazy kid that he was yeah. able to do both. And he had friends in both. And like, and that's it is known weird for that. Yeah. Because it's like two very different worlds that don't collide. And so I think we were all freaked the fuck out when you got there. So we were like, this guy's going to bring all So was that before I got on or even while I was on? Um, all of it. All of it? Yeah. Yeah. Especially while you were on. Cause we like didn't we just sat in like little pods and we were kind oh, of I was alone. Mine is like whoever dragged yeah. I think Hannah Kelsey dragged me there. Yeah. And um, that, that was about it. Yeah. And so we were just like sitting in our pods. And I remember like it was like me to Neil and I think it was um Hannah Gonski. It might be wrong on that. Bless though. both their souls. I love them so yeah. much. But we were all just sitting there. And, and I'll probably have like pictures going on the side too. Yeah. Some of this stuff if I can find it. And so we were all just like, who is that? And then I remember it might've been Hannah. Somebody was like, well, he played basketball for a couple of years. And I remember leaning over to Neil and I was like, <laughs> like gross. Well, but and it ended up fine. It was fine in the end. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, so theater for us was, we were lucky. 
I would say. Yeah. Um, our budget was pretty weak, but our and our numbers were pretty low. But that means that we got a lot of attention, individual attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my my experience specifically, I got a lot of yeah, a lot of individual attention. attention. And I can tell you from so the group of teachers that we were and faculty that we were working with are like professional grade at all <laughs> levels. Yeah. Like Jeff, God rest his soul. Um, so sad. He, he worked for Disney. He worked on the Indiana Jones stunt, stunt show spectacular. And, uh, and America's, uh, got America's got talent. He was yep. like on that show. Yeah. Yep. And he, he's a lifelong Disney employee. Mm-hmm. Um, an amazing guy and we'll miss him forever. Uh, he yeah. impacted all of us uh, in so many ways. And I, I'm lucky enough to have a specific story that I'm going to share, which I, I think, you know, but not all the theater people know because it was a very private moment. Oh, I but think I, I don't you. care for one of these people anymore. And okay. I'm still friendly with the other one. And she tells the story because it's wild. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell it. Um, but so Jeff is one of those is a guy that uses his time to go around. And I don't know if it's on Disney's dollar or was on Disney's dollar, but whatever it was, it was for a good cause. No, it was just that. Well, at least when he came by us, it literally, he was just kind of doing it for free, except that we paid for like his flight and he got a place to stay. And like, I don't, I don't think we paid him, paid him. But he also was paid well to do his other job. Oh, Yes. So it's not like he was financially stricken because of the opportunities that he created for himself to yeah. be working with us for free. Um, so, but we really quick, also Mickey Mike, who was consistent at our school, mm-hmm. um, who was amazing and did a lot of local theater work, literally the, the know-how of everything there. He taught us everything. He runs that place from top mm-hmm. to bottom. Uh, amazing. And then Mr. Ellsburn, who was our director at the time, a lot of people had mixed feelings about him. I had an amazing relationship with him. Um, he was the professor in my advanced theater class. I got to direct the play in, which is yeah. still on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I saw it. I watched it the other day. Uh, this was hard because he was Romeo new. Yeah. 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 And, um, he's also Kyle E. If you want to find him on Spotify. Oh, um, I, I still have his music on Spotify because I just never got rid of it. Yeah. Um, but he helped me a lot too in that. But back to Jeff, so specifically that week and a half that he came is the biggest week and a half that you spend in a Union Grove musical. And we went back into the, the choir room, which was a separate room just down a small hallway, just out the, from the theater. And it was me, the girl that was the girl that was the lead. And then uh, Jenna, the other girl mm-hmm. that um was supposed to be playing like my girlfriend slash like to be wife, and the so whole basically idea- like to put it in context, you were like the guy, and then Jenna was like your girlfriend. Yes, and then the other girl was like who you were falling in love with. Yes, it was a love triangle. Yes, and it was messy. <laughs> it was a messy. Um, so. And in real life, there was weird, messy triangle things going on behind the scenes too. So it was awesome. Um, so it was awesome for you. It was so no, awesome. no, it, it, no. It was not okay. Maybe it was, but let, let the character building. Okay. Um, so, but anyway, mean the mean the the lead. We're um, we're told to look at each other and just like get comfortable looking at each other. To mm-hmm. 
And then he tells me to look at Jenna, who's supposed to be like my girlfriend, the, the one I'm supposed to be with the, the righteous one mm-hmm. and um, to look at her. And it, it was odd then because I, I obviously didn't have the same feeling. I just didn't feel mm-hmm. it. Um, but he Jeff told Jenna to visualize her boyfriend. And I'm glad that we talked about boyfriends from our school, because if you want to talk about craziness and like how paranoid that you can be in a relationship long term when you're young, when you start getting a thought in your head, even if it's fake, that runs rampant. Mm -hmm. So Jeff told Jenna to think about her boyfriend and think to look at me and picture him being me, like literally picture his face on my face mm-hmm. and picture him doing what I'm about to do. Mm-hmm. Tells me to turn and then kiss the, the female lead. Mm-hmm. And we already talked about this. It was definitely all consensual. Like we, we were told that like it was going to get intimate. We were all comfortable. Yeah. It was on your turn. Trust me. We didn't have any issue with it. Yeah. Not a problem. It did that actual specific moment created a larger issue that Uh, stemmed on (laughs) um because that that actually that was the moment that started things the chemistry thing that was jeff's fault yeah oh jeff we're yelling at you for that one yeah um so he told me to kiss her and um everyone immediately regretted it but for the moment the emotions were fantastic because mm-hmm. Jenna did picture me being her boyfriend. And they've been but, together for forever. And they're still together. Joe, amazing guy. Absolutely so amazing right. guy. Yeah. Um, and she lost it. She was losing it. Yeah. And over here, there was some fucking fireworks going, <laughs> which we weren't ready for. And, There's a whole other thing over there. <laughs> yeah. And that, that became a whole separate issue. Um, but we were in high school. Like they were juniors and I was a senior. Like that was that was a pretty emotional thing. But I gained some acting chops in like four months. Yeah. That like, if you're going to get a crash course in acting from a public school, it got to a point where I almost like went to acting school. Like Ellsburn was trying to get me to go to acting schools and he had me applying to schools in New York. Mm -hmm. So it almost happened, but it was just such a, our program was wild. Yeah. And like, I think we talked about like the crowd being smaller for that show. Yeah. And I think it really was that it was a very different show than what like a small town union grove would have um, expected. Well, because the like, year before was legally blonde. What was the year yeah, before that? It was um, so it went. My freshman year it was Charlie Brown. Your good man, Charlie yeah, Brown. Yeah, yeah. And then my sophomore year it was Annie, and then it was Legally Blonde, and then all of us and we thought Legally Blonde was going to be too out there. And so all of a sudden they announce our senior year show and they're like, oh, once on this island. And everybody's like, what the fuck what is the that? Hell is that? <laughs> I actually visibly remember hearing somebody say in the hallway loud. Yeah. What the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, because you know, they like posted on that billboard. So all of us theater people were like, what the fuck? Like, what, what, well, what show? What are okay, we doing? I don't know if this is true or not, but I, I just think this is funny. I don't know who said it. But I remember one of the adults saying, like, they were originally planning on us getting spray tans because they wanted us to look like it was taken more from a like we wear stage makeup and Mm -hmm. the stage makes us brighter. So we Mm -hmm. just need to look like our regular selves. So that's why we need to get spray tans. Yeah. The problem was that, like, at first, I don't even think they knew how they were going to do the show because the only picture 
Yeah, what, wait, didn't you pick it because you went to some festival and saw it and you guys were like, holy crap, that's really good. Okay, I'm not sure that that's why we picked it. We did see, we saw it in a festival um, and it was really good in the festival, but it was from a much bigger school. So much, you know, there were men and diverse people. Hey, and- I was in our show. Okay, our one, our one boy <laughs> or two, we had two boys. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm not, I don't know if that's why they picked it. I don't remember. But when they picked it, the theater director was different. Lang was directing theater for some yeah. years. And so then when, so Lang left and they had picked this musical. And so I think that like when we got there our senior year, it was just like, how are we going to do this? Like what, you know, cause we had all, we had researched the show and stuff like that. Um, and so I think they came up with like a good way to do it. But yeah, I just think it was, it was okay. just different. <laughs> So if if we were in that position again, all right, mm-hmm. and let's say I we knew I was gonna be in the show because that that changes some ways to look at things. Mm-hmm. Give me a couple shows you would have rather have done that year with that cast specifically because we had some strong female performers. Yes, um, of varying ages too. I always wanted us to do Greece. I don't have Which, enough guys. Exactly. Would have been hard. Well, we actually, we might have been able to that year. But would have done Greece, certain guys would have come out. We Certain guys would have come out. And I think, like, we changed the show we did so much that we could have changed Greece, And it could have been, like, sure, you have, like, the pink girls. But, I mean, I played a male part. What's stopping us from putting some girls in those parts? Um, so well, I, I, no, I think because of the conservative nature of where Union Grove is, that wouldn't fly. I think legally well, but, Blonde was pushing it far enough as it but is. But that's what was wrong with um, the show we did. So I think if we'd done a show like that, it would have just been that people knew the show. But I think another one, um, oh, we've talked about it a thousand times. I'm trying to remember what it was. There was like another, uh, anything Disney. I would have rather done anything Disney. We literally could have done Cinderella. Yeah, I, we I from what I understand talking to E there was talks about doing Little Mermaid but we couldn't because simultaneously St. Cats was doing it. My sister was actually in that. Yeah. The also oh. we couldn't do any Disney shows because we had had to replace the something lights. Did we get new lights that year? We got yeah, something. Well, we had to replace something super expensive. Yeah. Oh, we a sound for the rights, yeah. So we had to we get couldn't raise the money for yeah. it either. Yeah. We had to get a sound system and our budget was already so low that if we had paid for a Disney show, we would have been up there in our underwear. And, um just just for um just for not just for past reference, the reason our budget got cut was so the football teams could get a third jersey. So yeah. the varsity team. Just I yeah. I know that for a fact. That's so. another reason why when Hanson joined, we all did not want him to join. Um I will say I I don't know if it if I made anything happen because of it, but Pettit did end up changing some of the finances to the theater department oh, after we nice. left. So. Yeah, they got. I think the new light system came the year that we left. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I did anything, but I had a I had a really good in with Pettit and still do. He's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. But, everybody um, loves him. Yeah. So I really just think any and it didn't even need to be exactly disney but it needed to be like we could have done um the princess and the pea how they had done that a couple years before but we could have like redone that musical it just needed to be something 
child. I it just needs to be something child friendly. It had to be something that we could go to the feeder schools with. And yeah. I think the biggest mistake that year was that was a recruiting year for us mm. because so many of us were leaving. And um yeah. Yeah, I, that, I that love a great again. recruiting show. Yeah. That was a PG thirteen show. Very yeah. PG thirteen. Well, I mean legally two blonde years in a row. Well, two yeah. years in a row. Exactly. Legally blonde wasn't much better. It was just a show that everybody knew. But um I think that really what made the musical hard is it was an unknown musical in a community where theater isn't the big thing. You know, we've talked about it already tonight that like football and sports are really the big thing. And people come to the theater performances because, well, they're so cute and they're always these cute shows and who wants to go see a show they don't know, you know, Um, somebody who is what the fireside does, you know, like it's always shows people know. Yeah. And so, um, I think that was hard. I got jealous when they did, um, the name just popped out of my head. The show about the people in, it's a bunch of Jewish people on the roof. Fiddler on the roof. If I was a rich man. I love that musical. Um, they did that a couple years ago, but yeah. So I think that they've gotten smart with that since they always do shows that are like really well known and they get a much better turnout because of it. Also well, Beauty and the Beast they did two years after we left. Um, I think the year after. I think they did the year after. Because so my stepbrother know. was in that. He was yeah. with the air. Yeah, and Tanya uh, was in that one. They did the Adams family two years after we left, and that, uh, yeah, was, that a was huge really turnout. Good. Yeah. Well, they, they had some staff changes since then. Yeah. And they had an amazing company for that specific show. I think that like, here's what I'll say. Our show was hard. However, I wouldn't change it for the world because we went through so much that year to bring that show to life that we were literally closer than I'd ever seen a company before. Um, And I mean, like we still talk to this day. Yeah. And so most of us. Yeah. Most of us. Um, so I think that like made a huge difference in it is that it was a struggle. Like that was not an easy show to put on. That was not an easier, easy year. We had staff changes that were sometimes unwelcomed. Um, and it was, it was hard. It was definitely hard. Um, whenever I say that, I always picture us when we have to go downstairs in between musical numbers and literally strip those body suits off and like lie down on the cold ground. Cause we were all <laughs> soaking wet with now here's the other thing um i i think being in theater prepared me for college art classes and because i got to a point where i was so comfortable around girls and minimal clothing yeah to where a point where i was non-sexualized because (laughs) of how frequently it happened with theater and um just for context i was technically the only full-on straight male in that that in that cast Mm -hmm. and just by virtue of that being a thing, I was immediately not treated as such, which was really good for me though. (laughs) But that's good though, because that gave me a different context I never, or a different view on the life that I never had before. And that helped me so much moving forward. And it just had to happen because we were, well, we'd never worn those bodysuits before and it's, it's hot. And so in the girls dressing room, 
is of course smaller than the boys. Oh yeah, so we should say that we were all wearing bodysuits and ballet slippers. Yeah. And I am 6'3 at the time, about 215 pounds of muscle because I'm in basketball shape. Yeah. In a bodysuit, a nude colored bodysuit. I actually have a picture I'll probably put up of here of me licking a sledgehammer mm-hmm. like Miley Cyrus because it was a nude bodysuit. It yeah. was amazing. It was just so hot. And so um it just like made us all so comfortable with ourselves. I think I I honestly can like remember the first time we did that was after I think it was the first day we put those bodysuits on. And we just all laughed them. about it. Yeah. Yeah. And literally we all walked downstairs and we were just standing there because we all couldn't fit into the women's dressing room. And Hanson was just like chilling because he's a guy and he like could take the top off. And all of us girls were just like, all right. And we just like took the top of our suits off. And immediately we're like, yep. And it's going to be okay. And, and Hanson was just be- like, and we were all like, you're just going to have to be all well, right. Well, <laughs> no, it helped to, I adjusted easily because I have a stepmom, a stepsister, and a, a sister yeah. who is, both of them are relatively not much younger than me, like a year, yeah. years. So it's not something that was new to me. So I adjusted very quickly and it was, but it was out of necessity because there's yeah. actually a couple instances where people passed out from the heat mm-hmm. in that building. So yeah. we didn't let that be a thing. Like, exactly. We just yeah. needed like the time to cool down and we had done it before it i mean theater is hard because it, it, it's so hot and our building is in hard more ways than one <laughs> because everything's so small and so there's been a couple times where you just like kind of walk downstairs and you're just like all right get me out of this outfit because i'm a thousand degrees right now and that's after every show because i after yeah. every show you run downstairs you whip off all your stuff as much as you yeah. come off and then yeah. you run back upstairs and everyone wants to talk to you. Well, but I, wanted to, thing, yeah. I wanted to bring this up because that's a huge thing. Because I want to hear about your experience with that. Because you've always played good people in shows, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yep. I didn't really get that opportunity. But I want to hear what that experience is like for you. Because that's like a, a second rush of adrenaline that night. Um, Taking, like, running downstairs. Yeah, after bows. Because that's your first major shot of adrenaline. And yeah. then the second one is the after. Yeah. And actually you weren't there for that, but it used to not be like that. Um, we used to go upstairs in our costumes. And then when we did Legally Blonde was the first time, actually, maybe it was Annie. Um, I know my freshman year, the costumes, it was literally a pair of shorts you bought yourself and a t-shirt. Well, that our costumes got much more professional as the years went on. Yes. And so when our costumes started getting more professional and we started. Like we had a Broadway more... designer our senior year. Like yeah. actually. Yeah. Well, she actually was there my um, sophomore year too. Yeah. She had worked with us a couple of years and then she went to New York and then uh, came back to do our show for us. And so. Like Lion King Broadway, like yeah. real Broadway. Like actually. Worked on Wicked. Yeah. 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 Um, so when we started renting our costumes, it had to have been my sophomore year when we did Annie. All of a sudden, we were not allowed to do that anymore because the people who were renting us the costumes um, obviously were very strict about their costumes. And so it was a huge change because the year before we had all just like leisurely walked off stage and lined up and then they opened the doors and we were just already there. Well, you didn't want to miss beat and you didn't want to miss your family. And so when they changed that, I mean, we would like trample each other on the stairs to get downstairs. You know, so I think the best way to describe it is the changing process is like those magicians that do quick changes. <laughs> we actually would devise ways of undressing each other. Yes. Like while we're running, running down a very narrow flight. So 
the theater, yeah. I have to say this, the theater that we were in is very small because it's the mm-hmm. old gym mm-hmm. and the, where we go and change is the old locker rooms and they're tiny so, and they're very tiny. Yeah. So we're running down these really narrow brick hallways, unzipping each other's backs, bodies yeah. while we're like, it's like a train. Like it's just an unspoken yeah. thing. And, and that's exactly ripping what off happened. Suits. Yeah. yeah. And so it was, that year was actually the easiest because during Annie and everything, um, they weren't usually like zippered. Um, they were usually like you had to take them off and we weren't as close of a company. We were close, but we weren't as close of a company. Yeah. So you did have to wait for those dressing rooms. So you really were just like trampling yourselves like down these stairs to get to yourself. And you were taking the small stuff off. Like you were ripping your mic off and any kind of like headgear or arm gear. And like, if you had a, a sweater or anything on, you were taking that off, but oh, sweater. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. But, um, or like your shoes. Nobody ever had shoes when they reached the bottom of those steps. Oh, no. All managed to get them off. But I think our senior year was definitely the easiest transition because all of our crap that we were changing into would just be right there. And we kind of had buddies. Like we would well, all run down the same yeah. way every single night. And so when we practiced that, we were all just like, you know what? I'll unzip you. You unzip me. Like, so the, the one guy that I changed with the most frequently mm-hmm. um he he and i like were never really the closest of friends mm-hmm. but there was like this unspoken thing that like we knew immediately like n- knew exactly what to- we had a pre-show ritual too and oh, really? you actually you taught me how to contour my face yeah yep so that and i still know how to do that that's a skill yeah. i'm gonna take to my grave i actually use it sometimes when i'm doing new yeah. stuff here yeah. Or if I'm doing any like high, like high level TV games. So I, I, taught, use that. I taught the other guy how to contour. I taught a lot of people how to do um, stuff like that. I'll never forget like the second night of our shows. I literally looked at the love goddess and I was like, I'm going to do your eye makeup. Oh, <laughs> oh, I miss her so much. She was so sweet, but That's I was like, I'm going to do your eye makeup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So pure. Um, but so yeah. to get back. So you run downstairs, you're stripping off all your clothes. Mm-hmm. You don't even take off your makeup. But no, you don't take anything see off. you, though, they're like, like, they yeah. think that you took something off while you were down there, but you didn't. Yeah, it was just like, um, and you, you have, like, pictures of yourself, and you kind of look like a psychopath, because in your costume, you, like, blend the makeup, and you can't really see. But when you put, I mean, most of us would just change into, like, shorts and a tank top. And so when you put that on, it's like, oh, um, you're a pale pearl underneath all that makeup and I'm like yeah. yes I am thank you <laughs> oh yeah. yeah yeah so then just imagine what it's like for you that feeling when you run upstairs and you see all your family and all your friends and they're like oh, so happy for you. it was just like the best feeling ever and my mom was just the best supporter she always made sure that I had usually had like somebody new each night who was there um I really don't think I ever went a show. Well, I never went a show without my mother, who really was the person I was most excited to see. After. Your mom was all of our rocks. I have to tell yes. you, because she actually, she pointed out the one, the show towards the end where the female lead and I had an off stage. Yes. She came up to me after the show. was like, I could tell something was up because yeah. we had like this love scene behind a scrim. So it was just our shadows. We mm-hmm. even tell our body language, which was, surprisingly full of chemistry for high school um she could tell something was off so your mom had eyes yeah my mom just she loved that theater department and she loved all the kids um 
And so I think even she kind of had a rush at that time of the show because she was just like so excited to see us all and congratulate us all. Um, she really is just an amazing human being. But it's just such a feeling of like euphoria because you've again worked so hard for something and it, you know it's done and like you're kind of sad um e- even though you're gonna do it maybe the next day like you're still kind of have that feeling of like oh one show done like I can't believe it's already here kind of feeling um and it just it's like humbling it's humbling to like know that this group of human beings like you worked together so well to put something so amazing on well I I love those Saturdays where you have two shows. Yeah. I love like those days keep me thinking like if I ever got back into acting, I'd totally be cool with it. Mm -hmm. But, and to go along with that, even I would say that the experience that I had acting because of even our choreographer was amazing. Like, like phenomenal, like some of the, the emotional situations she put us in to get us to do certain things on stage, like physically was next level like not high school level, but we all became better for like how many, like there's probably three or four, four of us at least that did some sort of collegiate theater. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple that did very high level theater and they weren't necessarily expected to do well, but because of the background that we all had, like if we wanted to keep going with it, we could. Yeah, we really, and she was great. She also was one of them that just like, cared how we were doing like she cared about us and i remember she the the car story that was the big one she She lied that was a lie that was a lie oh really that was not you to get so emotional with us because like we needed that i honestly think that she taught me a lot more about acting um than some other people because like she made it real like you're saying i think i knew that that was a lie i think we found that out after after the shows yeah, it was right after the show got done. Yeah, but um, we didn't that whole time though. But. Yeah, and she did that because like, okay, so put that in perspective. Yeah, say say, give us the story really quick. Yes. I like you remember of it. In the show, there's a scene where Daniel crashes his Man. car. Yes, Hanson, and that's how he's introduced to like the island. Well, we were island animals, and we were trying to do this scene and. It was choreographed as the dance number. So she was teaching it to us. And every time she would stop us at the exact same place, Hanson would be lying on the damn ground. We'd be standing over him like, oh, oh my God. Oh my and God. Right. And she and I'm hated it. over there and I'm like, I'm perfected a seizure <laughs> thing where I have to have like a system to like let the, the, the female lead know that I'm not actually dying because it looked too good. Yeah, she, so. <laughs> she hated it every single time and so finally we're like at the end of a night and we've wasted the entire night on this one stupid five minute scene this like two hour rehearsal and we sit down and she goes into some a story about like coming up on an accident and the woman wasn't gonna make it and that she lied to this woman holding this woman's hand and man was she falling but she was falling her eyes out she was so full of it she was the best acting i've ever seen she was oh yeah she was shaking and she was emotional and she was like i just need you to bring out some of this emotion like i need you to feel what i'm feeling and then sure shit after the show we're all like are you fuck that was a fucking lie so here's the thing i i think compulsive liars become the best actors oh yeah (laughs) because you're really you're almost able to lie to yourself. Like I was a compulsive liar growing up. 
And I still find myself exaggerating things. Sometimes I have to catch myself. Yeah. But I, the few instances I found myself in serious acting situations, there's a switch. And I don't know if you could see it, but there's a switch that like, I, I definitely become something else. Yeah. And it's because I'm lying to myself in my head. I'm like, this is yeah. happening to you. This is happening to you. And this is how you were going to react. Yeah. But she was great. I'll never, I'll never forget her. She, it's like the people who really cared we were still kids you know like we hadn't gone through a lot of the stuff that they asked us to understand in any of the shows that i did yeah especially legally blonde especially yeah we were supposed to be college students and we were like i don't know what that means like i don't know what an an is. oh my god you got it yeah and i'm like i don't we were so confused and she choreographed that show as well well that's a tough show yeah but she just like cared about who we were and like why we were there and she wanted the show to be a success um which I think is huge I think that's like what what you need when you're a kid and well when the teachers or whoever's there that's involved is there for the success of the show and for the betterment of the students and not the paycheck you're not you don't take a job like that for the paycheck yeah no because you're you're not you're not going to be making money or nor enjoying yourself Mickey Mike puts his entire soul into that literally to a point where it physically is making him more ill than he has to be yeah we literally would be like no mickey mike uh we'll do that for you it's okay take a break sit down (laughs) he has already like health conditions yeah and he has pushed himself to a point where he probably wouldn't have been without theater but he does it because he loves it so damn much Mm -hmm. and i think that's a passion that like he is a man that's changed my life oh yeah and he that everybody that's worked with him can say that and there's very few people that affect students the way that he does. Mm-hmm. So I, I will always say that I think there's more formidable experiences in theater than there is in sports mm-hmm. because you're working with a group over a longer period of time without having to do your actual show. So you're really getting to know a person. It's also, yeah, it's just really intimate because yeah. intimate because I feel like with sports, like I said, I've done both. And so with sports, it's like you you have to work as a team because you want to win. But with like theater, sorry, I thought somebody knocked on my door. Um, with theater, it's intimate because you're working with this group of people to like portray a different life. And so like all of your fake lives, basically, everybody's like have to work together. So you need to know who that person is in real life to like make that happen. Because otherwise they're going to look like a yeah yeah that and i you know i think we learned so much from that like just in life and i know like if an acting situation ever comes up for me again i'm always gonna be able to pull from that experience because and i think one of the biggest things for me and we'll kind of wrap up on this your mom was a big part for me in that show because the way that she like the the positivity that she delivered for us because that's a with there's people that don't show up to a show our our theater only set maybe 250 people at the most Mm -hmm. and when there's only 75 people that show up for a show because they've never heard of the thing that's Mm -hmm. demoralizing for your ego and for your just the way the your your confidence yeah and your mom helped us a lot through that oh yeah she Um, cared she wanted it to be good she wanted us oh yeah she knew we rocked and I only had one good parent experience from my dad that whole show. And that was like Thursday mm-hmm. was our preview night. Mm-hmm. That was our best show, I think, actually, that we that had a good show. Our Thursday preview show. Mm-hmm. And there was maybe 
20 people in the audience and the video camera. I need that recording because that was the best. Who was that? Who was recording? Was Gonski's? I think Gonski, Okay, so we're going to have to get, yeah. Maybe I'll throw some clips of that in here too if I can find it. But that that was probably our best performance. But my dad was at that show and he came up to me afterwards and he goes, I didn't think you'd actually be able to sing on stage in front of people. And I was very impressed. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's some, something my dad does. So that was really big. Um, yeah. But yeah, the theater was huge. And mm-hmm. in the farm town, that was wild. And I'm sure that translated a lot over into beauty pageants. Yeah, it really, I think that um, the life that I like grew up in, in a small town, I mean, like I said, I did it all. I didn't miss out on the small town life at all. I was also a 4-H kid. I owned a horse. I wore shit stained cowboy boots, school a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, um, I also had that double life where I was like a theater kid and I could turn it on and off and I was a pageant girl and I could turn it on and off. And I loved all those lives. Um, but I think in the end, like what I've noticed since kind of exiting all of those parts of my life is they all really played together. Yeah. Not one of them would have been the same without each other. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I think so to finish up going forward, what do you see yourself doing and how do you think these experiences that you've had kind of will help you? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I have absolutely no idea what, what I'm doing with my future. I'm a comm major graduating. And if anybody knows, com, it's, you can, you can do, do anything. anything. Yeah, basically, which is kind of why I picked it. Um, I'm kind of just going to live my life how I've always lived it. I just end up where I end up and I've made the most of it. Um, specifically, I'm focusing on being an amazing aunt in the next couple of months to my brother's baby and, you know, just helping my mom and, you know, we just have a good life together. Um, so that's really just what I'm kind of focusing on. I'm just hoping to land somewhere near home. I'm really excited for you. That sounds like it's going to be so cool. Yeah. I'm super excited. Thank you so much for coming. This is, this is the first episode. Like I'm excited. Yeah. So I'm going to say the name right this time, narrative nonsense (laughs) episode, at least the first recording. I'm sure this will probably be the first one that goes up. So yeah, really Bennett, I, thank you so much for coming yeah. on. The, the, the having your perspective is really gonna like I the whole idea of the show is for like for me to get like perspective from other people on the way they live their life and why they do it that way. Yeah. Because I feel like I've had such a weird, different, odd roadmap of experiences <laughs> compared to other people where I want to know what like nobody's normal. So I want to get is- like at what's the average what's what like everybody do, like how, what can everyone average together what what can i get out of that so yeah that's the best yeah so and the best way to do it is to tell stories and yeah. and learn from it so thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate it awesome all right all right, no, all right. Don't okay, bye, bye. <laughs>